Hello, and welcome to another research check. I'm Jessica Peters, and I'm joined by... My bad. I'm Jessica Peters. <laughs> what an intro. What a fantastic intro. So good you had to have an echo. Uh, yes. Uh, I am joined by Ross Goggin. Yo. And Jordan Jenkins. Heyo. Uh, today we're talking about the Lost Omens Pathfinder Society Guide, which either came out recently or comes out at the end of the month. It was a little hard to tell so uh, when I was looking at the release date. release date is October 14th, it seems. But okay. So next week. Yeah. So it's not quite out yet. Yes. Cool, cool. We're close. Very close. So, yeah. So I thought we would just start by uh, talking a little bit about our experience with society itself before we kind of get into it. Um, I've been playing a bunch of Society 2nd Edition on our Discord. It's been super fun, but I never really played in 1st Edition. Um, I don't know how you guys are or have your experiences with Society. <laughs> um, I Okay, we played some Society, but like it was like here and there. Like It was just like to fill some time when like people couldn't make games or stuff like that. So like I never really got serious into it to where like I leveled up a character or anything like that. Mm. I uh, I played for a little while in first edition society back in like season two and three. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it's certainly a lot different than it is now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I certainly enjoyed it. And if anybody ever played with uh, Hashim and Alchemist uh, with the Assyrian faction, that was me. Hello. Um, ah. <laughs> Nice. But, nice. And then I'm playing some on our Discord as well. I um I've been having fun with Second Edition Pathfinder Society too. Our GMs on the Discord are super cool. So that's true. By the yeah. way, we have a Discord. <laughs> Shameless. If you didn't plug. know. Now you mm-hmm. know. Now you know. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I mean, let's get into it. We're talking about this cool book. A lot of people, I think, uh, either didn't hear much about it or. Uh, it kind of slid under the radar for some people, I think. Yeah. Um, but the cover's amazing. It has ghouls. There's kind of Indiana Jones vibes. It's very, like, take the item and put the bag, you know, mm. before it, like, triggers the trap. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yep. And, I mean, I, th- I think we say this in, like, every book that we, we discuss, but the art in general is just fantastic in this book. Like, Paizo has really, like, nailed good art in every single book and that's true a face i haven't heard before uh ekaterina uh, burmark is the art as the artist on that one so oh nice yeah yeah so the intro i mean you get a quick overview of kind of what the society is and then it's like immediately here are some backgrounds that some aspiring pathfinders might want so mm-hmm. i thought we would just start with a question from me which is What's everybody's favorite new background? So um, I guess I'll go ahead and start us off. Uh, I was a big fan of the Spellseeker, and I think that's primarily just because I like the idea of playing some kind of like magic hipster, like always <laughs> trying to find like the new, you know, like this. I new... knew it before it was cool. Yeah. Or like I discovered that, you know, like, ha, look at that. I mean, I was a Thas- I was casting Thassalonian spells before you know New Thassalon. Um, I don't know. That's pretty I mean, cool. Oh, you get the recognized spell skill feat with that. That's rad. Yep. Yeah, 
it's a pretty nice feat to have too. So, and just that is I, very cool. I did always like the idea of like somebody who's like, you know what, I'm just going to try to discover spells. I think that that's neat and not always something that gets explored a lot. So, true. I mean, what do you got, Jordan? Uh, I liked Translator. Um, ah. I thought it was it's very flavorful um, because it's like you know you were uh, a scribe writing down copies of books mm. or you are you know, doing something around languages and that gives you society, which I thought is kind of an interesting way to give you that, like a society is, is what I usually think of as like street smarts. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, it's a mix of like the street smarts and the book knowledge. So I thought translators seemed really cool as a kind of a unique way to get that. Yeah, I mean, you stole mine. I was going to say translator, but that's mostly because I just really like the multilingual feat. I like having a lot of languages. It comes in so handy. All yeah. of our characters are language monkeys in first edition, so it well, fits really well. Well, not all of mine, but it is somebody in the group needs to be because you're always going to run into all sorts of strange, like, things. Uh, yeah. My current Pathfinder Society character knows five languages, so he's doing pretty good. Are you playing somebody smart? <laughs> uh, he's a bard, but he does have the multilingual feat from his background. So Okay. Nice. Yeah, the emissary background, so it's like, hey. Ah, nice. okay. Also, yeah, I think I know, like, art, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to call out art on the uh, the chapter one, it's mm-hmm. my favorite piece of the two page art because it is oh, Ezrin yeah. like like looking looking around like he's got this like I'm too old for this look on his face. That he's that's like just reading captured, the runes like, on the wall. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's like captured perfectly where he's just like a little frustrated, and behind him is this Utyug like or not Utyug, a mimic sneaking mm-hmm. up behind him, <laughs> and Fumbus just casually tossing a grenade into its mouth. <laughs> like, oh, here you go. And it's funny because I, I I saw that piece of art and I was like. That's Ross's favorite piece of art in this. I can guarantee. Oh it. yeah, no, I love it. I just so many legs too. I love mimics. Oh yeah, just, oh, it's so, so it's cool. so gnarly looking, man. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so then you kind of get this long history of of the Pathfinder Society, which mm-hmm. I mean, they've explored uh, essentially a lot of this in the second season. I, again, never played the first like ten second season. I never played the first 10 years of first edition, but the yeah. second edition season one, there's several scenarios where you go in and like learn about uh, like Karina Napsener and mm-hmm. other pl- others. So it's kind of cool. Well, I think Anybody? One of, oh, I, I was just going to say, I think one of the reasons why they've emphasized that in the scenarios is that a lot of that lore was in some of the like Seeker of Secrets and the uh, Pathfinder Society field guide from first mm. edition. But if you didn't have those, like they were optional books, so you didn't necessarily get a lot of that lore. And I think it's cool that they're putting that into society play, but it's also really cool to have it all centralized here. Yeah. I mean, it was True. the first time I'd ever seen it all kind of brought together and like, I had never realized, I never asked who, like what who founded the Pathfinder Society. Like I guess that just wasn't a question I ever looked up the lore of. And so getting yeah. to see the, you know, the the original founding and, and having really good details of like who was there and what are the big names. And they has actually a, one of the sidebars is actually a full like year by year breakdown of what the happened timeline. with the society and the timeline. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Also, I like that how they they actually weave in what you did in the first ten seasons. Mm-hmm. So um, they make mention of I think pretty much all of the seasons um, get yeah. at least a sentence, uh, like the meta them. plot, basically. So you have an overall idea of kind of what happened in the first you know first edition Pathfinder Society. 
Mm-hmm. Especially if you uh, kind of dipped your toe out like I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly. Cool, bye. Um, yeah, and then they they talk a lot about the chronicles, which I always I thought the mm. coolest thing about the Pathfinder Society was that they printed these chronicles. They're kind of fun little ways to like talk in meta about the goings on of the society because technically those are out there and people could have read them so if you're in game you can like reference them so it's kind of fun yeah um, yeah the the interesting thing about them is i thought they were way more common than they actually are according to the I book thought they, i thought they like published every year but there's yeah, only exactly. been 39 volumes published in 400 years yeah also interesting to note is the Pathfinder Society, is, I mean, it's been around for 400 years, but in the grand scheme of Galarian, it's not all that old. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there have been adventuring crews around for much longer and especially like large organizations like the Magic Knights and stuff like that, that, you know, are like, oh, wow, 400 years. Try, you know like four millennia and then come back to me uh <laughs> well it's it's funny because they mentioned the fact that one of the founders who was an elf is still alive yeah because they've oh, recently yeah. gone and found her <laughs> where she was hiding out on mediagalti for some mm-hmm. reason well so she, like yeah <laughs> you know yeah but you know. it's like it's like interesting that somebody who founded this organization that feels like it's been around for like forever is still alive so it's kind of a it kind of puts in perspective just like how little time has actually passed. It's Absolutely. True. Relatively. I mean, of and then you get to you get to hear about all the the relationships with other organizations, you know, like the Asp ah, Consortium and mm-hmm. Red Mantis Assassins. Even the Whispering Ways in here. I wonder why yep. that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Yeah, it was a. Oh. I mean, yeah. I, for those for those of you that missed it, it was a really big thing for the final season of first edition Pathfinder Society. Obviously, that's you know, been a little bit now, but yeah, mm. there's a big battle with the tyrant. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it yep. was kind of a big deal. Um, it was a, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. <laughs> kind of a send off for first edition where half of all all the Pathfinders died. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you always got to be rebuilding. They did that with Starfinder Society. The first season was yeah, let's rebuild mm. the society. And the first season of second edition Pathfinder, let's rebuild the society. So it's got similar vibes. Yeah, I think it helps for newer folks to come in with that, though, rather than just like, oh, by the way, you're just like a very small portion of this like gigantic machine. And it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah, it, it's kind of the thing with like comic books too, where it's like I'd have to read the last sixty years of comic comics at least to have an idea of what's going on with some of these references. Mm. And it's like you know every now and then they just reboot it, and it's like okay, this is a new version of Iron Man. I mean, it's the same <laughs> Tony Stark, but like you know we just kind of rehash the origin story briefly, and then we go. Yeah, true. Uh, and then of course. The best part, I think, of hardcover or really any book that Paizo puts out is like the in-world essays and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. this one has a very cool essay called A Society in Flux that's penned by, you know, some person that's important. Um, But essentially, it's this really nice kind of overview of what's happening or what has happened in the past with the society. But it's it's written from in-game. So it's it's really neat. Um, Yeah. I don't know if there's anything to add to that other than the idea that that, the fact that that's in there is cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's uh, really well done for emphasizing kind of the tone of Pathfinder society going forward, which is they are this large globe spanning organization. And now they're really starting to affect change in the world. But Mm -hmm. like, 
what is that going to be like? Because again, they don't really have an ethos per se, other than True. just we work together and we find knowledge. Like that's pretty much it. So yeah, yeah. yeah well, and it's, and... it's also interesting. Oh. It 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 kind of shows even over the last ten years how the how the society as a whole has kind of changed mm -hmm. as kind of an explanation for why you don't know what the society is going to be doing in the future, which I think is a nice kind of like nod to the fact that second edition came out mm. in an yeah. in-world setting kind of way. That's true. <laughs> uh, and then of course, in that kind of same area, there's this list of Pathfinder slang. That's pretty neat. Oh my uh, gosh. I love the slang. I, it's always cool when they give you slang that you can kind of incorporate, but my favorite one is Axon Boy which is mm -hmm. defined as an unpredictable or short-sighted adventurer who turns to violence before trying to understand or de-escalate. <laughs> oh, so you're essentially man. an envoy. You just hit things. Your axe leads the envoy mission. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, my favorite one of that is uh, Head in the Aeon Stones, mm. which is uh, it's a reprimand for you assuming the Aslanti and the Thessalonians were up to, were up to everything. And <laughs> yeah. so you see anything you find, you're like, oh, it has to be it has to be Thessalonian, has yeah. to be Aslanti. You know, <laughs> uh, it's got it's got to be, you know, like what, one of the other ones that they say is uh, Old Mage Chitembe's Salt Shaker for just assuming it's Magambia magic, you know. <laughs> Just yeah. like like it's like that generalization where you you it's kind of a nice nod where it's like you discredit all the other contributions from other places because yeah. you just hear the same story beats, which I think is just a uh, throughout this book. There's a lot of nice nods to being more inclusive and bringing different voices to the stream. Like it even mentions the fact that the Pathfinders are actively recruiting from people who traditionally haven't been a part of the society mm -hmm. and i think that that's also just kind of a nice nod to i think where they're going also with like strength of thousands and some of the the new adventure paths that are coming out yeah true and, and of course if anybody has any questions go ahead oh. and type them into the chat we'll be either incorporating them as we go or getting to them at the end so you know do do that absolutely we would love to hear your questions um for me, uh, Mana Waste, I think, is my favorite, just because that's the sort of thing I tend to be annoyed about in adventures. Is it Basically, a Mana Waste is a grandiose, overly complicated, like, magical, either incantation <laughs> or trap or some other thing. And it just leaves me wondering, like, but why? Like, why do it this way? <laughs> and it's, you know, like, when nine times out of ten, it's just mostly because we could. Um <laughs> There's no reason. It just looked neat. Yeah. But, yeah. So, mana waste. True. I just like that that's also a location as well. So, it's like, mm -hmm. it's one of those, like, because there's also commentary. just, like, yeah. It's because <laughs> if you think about it, like, the mana waste was a literal mana waste in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Uh, and then the the next part of this chapter is kind of all about life in the Pathfinder Society. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how to join, what training is like, that kind of thing. Uh, I do appreciate that they they kind of mention how the society is working on becoming less uh, murder hoboey, uh, and it's <laughs> yeah, more they about definitely nod that. Yeah, so I mean, the, I'm going to read a little passage. It says. Uh, however, after dealing with the fallout from numerous bad actors over the past two decades, senior Pathfinders have begun weeding out many of the most self-serving candidates. Academic passion alone is no guarantee of admission. So it's nice that they kind of like 
we have standards. We need you to be also kind of dedicated to doing more than just grabbing knowledge for knowledge's sake. So mm. it's kind of nice. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about that is it mentions what it takes to actually apply mm-hmm. and how the scale actually changes depending on where you're from. I thought that was so, rude. Really? Okay. Well, so I I like it because it said, okay, if you're from far away, the fact that you're willing to book a ship and come all the way to Absalom is like proof enough. If you're from Absalom, it's very easy to apply physically because you're there. So you have to bring an, a contribution already from an academic standpoint. So you already have to have like your thesis or you have to have some kind of great insight. Yeah, but see, I think that's not fair because, I mean, it's cool that you give people that come from afar, like, yeah, sure, let them in. But if you're from like the puddles, how are you going to have the means or the opportunity to find this great thing or write this great thesis um, when you could be perfectly, you could be the next Eondo Klein, but you're (laughs) from the puddles, so you didn't have the money to send yourself off into the wilds to find, you know, some who's it or what's it to add to the collection. Well, and this goes, I think, to the neutral nature of the Pathfinder Society that ultimately they're not concerned with that. It's like if somebody can't do it, oh, well, like sucks to be them, I guess. Um, Which technically you you can wash out of training, too. So like even getting into the program doesn't mean you become a Pathfinder automatically. Yeah, sure. But like having the chance. I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, it's 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 odd because it is it seems to be like one part like some sort of, I don't know, um, fraternal order, for lack of a better term, mm. um, and mm-hmm. like one part like academic society. So I, I you know, it's just it's very odd to, to see those like things sort of um go against each other like it's like charging tuition almost or something like that Mm. you know in a lot of ways it's one of those things where they they are endowed at such a level that they don't need to charge admission from you know from a a for-profit college kind of standpoint but they use it i think as a selection criteria to just try to make it like i think it's their attempt to try to make it fair but it is coming from that like you know I think kind of generalized hands off approach that kind of the December it has where it's like, mm. we're just going to put this out there and just kind of see how it goes. So for all we know, the next version is going to, you know, change the admission criteria slightly. Yeah. And it That's could it. be, I mean, it is a point of contention too within the society. I'm sure like, I'm sure there are folks who are like, no, we need to be more, you know, aggressive in recruiting. And then others are like, no, we have too many people like this is true. You know, yeah. True. That's very true. Anything else cool from this section, y'all? Um, I mean, I think the interesting part about it is just how much detail there is yeah. in what mm-hmm. it takes to be a Pathfinder. Because I remember when we played our first, I think, first society thing I think we ever ran was like the confirmation mm-hmm. um, or not or, or whatever it's called, the first first edition society module um and i remember rick just and rick (laughs) described it as literally you came you applied you've gone through some training and now you're ready to get out there like Mm -hmm. that was it like that was all he said oh our first ever game ever okay yeah like i think second game ever actually i think the first time we played some weird thing in in sandpoint but um, yeah i think that was a custom thing he made actually Mm. Mm. it might have been yeah well, but, the, the uh, Sandpoint it, version, not this, yeah. 
Yeah, but the the thing that I find interesting about it is it actually makes me respect the Pathfinder Society a lot more that they're not just, because I kind of thought they were just like, oh, anybody who comes off the street, we're going to show you how to pick a couple locks, you cast a spell, you get out there. That's the fire <laughs> brand. Yeah. yeah, but instead now it's like, no, you actually get like some really good training and they're not going to like make put you out there and do field work unless they think mm. you're ready. And like it makes me kind of respect them more that they actually are not just like kind of casually throwing away people's lives, which I kind of kind of thought that it's like anybody who's glory seeking can do this. Same with the getting published thing, like getting, oh, you get published. It's not a big deal. But <laughs> now it's I can clearly see it's like, no, getting published is like the, the same thing of like, you know, getting your first publication as a Ph.D. Like it's super yeah. important. Mm hmm. That's true. Uh, I, I mean, they even talk about like confirmation and like mm -hmm. after three years, you go and do this thing. And I think it's interesting because recently they switched away from fame and they kind of started doing the achievement points or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now you can actually get a Wayfinder for free, but you can only get it after you've done your first scenario. So you play a character through a scenario and then you can essentially get this Wayfinder for free and it's almost like that first scenario you play with the character is their confirmation. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, you get your Wayfinder and you're like officially a Pathfinder, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I think that's a super neat touch, honestly. Mm hmm. And I mean, speaking of uh, controversy, there's a lot of, um, I guess, hubbub around the dis like the Decemberate and like mm -hmm. around Chiliax. There's like a bunch of drama always i guess with the society so yeah um and i mean some of that is stuff from um the first edition pathfinder society is just kind of like canonizing those conflicts that happened um like the the chalaxians used to have a faction within the society and mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. and you know it, it, it there there was a whole thing i won't get into all of it i'm sure you know that much could be written about it but um yeah, yeah. It, well i mean chiliax no longer allows there to be a pathfinder lodge like yeah. they shut it down so it's probably also a little bit of bad blood of but you shut down our lodge so mm -hmm. dang it <laughs> well, well and there's, that was, you know, yeah sorry there's trying to like repatriate items that have been taken illegally or without permission mm -hmm. like a lot of what modern museums are trying to figure out and do um, but with this added, like, uh, Chiliax, you're too uh, unstable for us to send your artifacts back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and plus the Chilaxian artifacts from, you know, over 100 years ago aren't really the same or valued the same by their current society because True. there was a whole, you know, yeah. Thrun thing. The whole Thrun uh, thing. <laughs> the Thrun thing. whole thing, <laughs> you know. Gosh, I need a t-shirt now that just says, it's a Thrun thing. It's a Thrun thing. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> um, anything else in this chapter you want to highlight or we'll move on? Um, I don't think I had anything else. Let me look. I mean, there's a cool piece of art of like a Pathfinder in a wheelchair that's rad. There's a lot of like very inclusive and diverse art in this book that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the art in this book's fantastic. Um, a lot of different characters, all different walks of life, which, of course, is what the society is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that they have a, I, I think it's a dwarf uh, woman who is just like Arnold Schwarzenegger jacked. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, dude, nice. I want to play a bodybuilding dwarf. 
Sounds her awesome. clan dagger and everything. Yeah, 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 she's yeah. Cool. yeah. So she's she just like she doesn't need any other gear. Like she has no other gear. She just has this one clan dagger in her muscles. <laughs> and I really like that. It's like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the factions. So somebody yeah. on the Discord was wondering if all the factions were in here. And they are. Um Including all the ones that are no longer technically recognized yeah they mentioned kind of the older factions they get a little uh, previous factions i guess they're called mm-hmm. and yeah. verdant wheel and radiant oath get essentially a paragraph because they're not, they're kind of minor factions yeah. yeah um even though the verdant wheel should certainly have like three pages or whatever but that's fine <laughs> everybody um, loves our wall our wall's the best uh mm. but yeah all of the uh the factions are in here uh, i don't know if we want to run through them all but um, they're here. I mean, yeah, the factions, um, the faction descriptions aren't going to be radically different from, you know, what little bits you get from looking at like Paisa's website when you're looking at the organized play area. Um, but it does mm-hmm. give some additional mm-hmm. details and some neat, like cool, yeah, just more details about like the leaders of each faction and just kind of like things that the faction does. Um, and, and items, some, gear. Yes. And some, yeah, some items that, that you can get. Yeah, items specific to ones. that faction. So speaking of items, what are the cool items in this chapter? So keeping in mind that uh, Radiant Oath and Verdant Wheel don't get items because they're just little paragraphs. All the other ones do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are what are some favorite, um, favorite items? Uh, okay, I'm going to go with uh, one of the ones that I thought was really funny. So Grand Archive, um, mm. which is the, they're more of the preservation of knowledge um, kind of group, if you aren't familiar with society. They're like super librarians, really. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> like, you know, librarians just willing to, to get, like Indiana Jones level li- librarians. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I like this, uh, they have something called a Boulderhead Bach, which is an alcoholic beverage, uh, but it says... Um, the brew packs a heavy punch. Uh, while it's officially discouraged from drinking on the job, it does make the drinker more self-assured and protects them from conditions that would uh, addle their mental faculties. For one hour, you gain a plus one item bonus on saving throws against effects that would make you stunned or stupefied. However, you also become less aware of your surroundings, taking a minus two item penalty to perception for an hour. And I love that one of the items they mention is just, you can have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the stiletto pen because I just love like the pen is mightier than the sword, especially yeah. Oh, yeah. especially when the pen also is a stiletto dagger that you can. Yeah, that, it's with. a dart. It's actually a dart. It has a throne <laughs> range on it. Um, that's also from uh, Grand Archive. It's rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the item I went with is probably it's less, I think, directly cool, but I guess practical. Um, mm. And it's from it's from the Vigilant Seal faction, which are very practical souls. Um, yeah, and it's the uh, Psychic Warding bracelet. So mm. it's this. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this bracelet that's um, just kind of a variety of different strands that you kind of tie together, mm. and then it gives you a bonus on a saving throw against some form of like mental effect. But the cool thing about it is it is a consumable item. So after you make your saving throw, it, you know, like falls off. But the cool thing is, even if you fail your saving throw, you still get to know that, hey, this person was affected by some sort of mental effect because their bracelet just went off. Yeah. Right. Um, That's helpful. Exactly. So you can just be like, "Uh, uh uh-oh. 
Uh, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> you all right there, friend? True. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, he's not fine. <laughs> he's not he's fine not at all. Definitely not fine. Uh, yeah. Someone in the chat asks, or, or says, I guess, mm. I miss the faction goals. Did they take those out to keep players from having potentially competing interests? Um. So this I, book specifically doesn't really talk about that much. Um, yeah, you do I, get I'm a sense of enough. you get a sense of like the guiding principles, which have replaced the faction goals. I think, I think pro- one of the issues is yes, some of those faction goals put you at odds with other people at your table, which mm-hmm. is not a great way to um, facilitate cooperate. cooperative gaming. Um, yeah, but. They also sometimes put you at odds with the society. They were weird, those. And they are one more thing to track and keep up with. And I feel like I don't really miss them. I actually prefer Mm. we're all on the same page. But, like, I have kind of – if I'm part of Vigilant Seal, I know that ultimately, like, I want to protect, contain, and destroy undead and bad things to to help people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think – yeah, I think it was an idea that was really interesting, and I think that I think it's just difficult to adjudicate, and that's probably why they nixed it. Because again, there are so many situations where it's like, I mean, they weren't cooperating, but then again, their character really did have to do this for their factions. So, mm-hmm. uh, how do I, you know, like they weren't really playing it wrong, but it did cause issues. Um, yeah. Which I mean, of course I, I prefer everybody just having the same goals. I mean, that's why I like in Starfinder Society they don't have that. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets the same success conditions and is is penalized and rewarded mm-hmm. appropriately based on how the entire group worked instead of, you know, it being like, Oh, well, you're in this faction, so you get to have the bonus, but nobody else does, you know, just makes it feel kind of weird. Hmm. Uh, One thing though that yeah. they Oh, sorry. No, you uh, just re- Real quick, uh, one thing that they did add, though, is that there are certain um, scenarios that specialize for members of one faction. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if you play them, even if you're not a member of that faction, you can still gain reputation with that faction, uh, which I think is pretty cool. And they tend to be scenarios that focus on whatever that faction's goals are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, the coolest part of this chapter, I think is just the giant list of Pathfinder agent feats. Like, mm. I'm thinking oh I may gosh, need to so actually many. grab the Pathfinder agent dedication for one or two of my society characters because it's so cool to have access to these things that are very, very Pathfinder-y. So yeah. does everybody have a yeah. favorite feat? Oh, goodness. Um, I have to remember what it's called. One second, I'm scrolling for 100 years. Um, what, you just, do you have a favorite? I do have a favorite. It's archaeologist warning. It's a free action, which is rad. And nice. essentially, if you're about to roll perception or whatever for initiative, perception society or thievery for initiative, you can warn everybody else in your group and give them a plus one bonus on their roll. So that's pretty cool. I like it. That is pretty cool. So yeah, like, no, okay. don't watch out. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like, yeah. oh, no, that. Oh, no. <laughs> Goodness, yeah. The one that I like is uh, it's an eighth level feat called "Snap Out of It," <laughs> which Snap out of is it. <laughs> is lit- It's a two action uh, 
thing, but it's literally you make a medicine check to an adjacent ally who is fascinated, frightened, stunned, or stupefied, oh, that's nice. and you can get rid of it or reduce the value of it by one. Um, so, you know, the the thing about it is, like, I literally just turn to you and I say, snap out of it, man! And, like, you just are suddenly, you know, stunned one less round. Or, or uh, <laughs> if you're fascinated, it just gets you out of being fascinated. So I just think the flavor nice. of that is really cool. <laughs> that is cool. Um, I'm a big fan of the watch and learn feat. It's another... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, it's especially helpful for, like, super scholarly types, like your wizards or sorcerers who basically it, as a reaction allows you to um, get a bonus on a dexterity or strength based skill check oh. which they tend to you know those particular types of characters tend not to be great at um, and so you're basically you're just very good at watching what somebody else does hmm. and so you get a bonus um, equal to your level even if you are untrained um, oh, that's. I nice. think it's specifically for things you're yeah, untrained. In. You're, you're yeah. right. Yeah, specifically if you're untrained, um, it does not allow you to make trained actions with that skill. But like, you know, if uh, your fighter friend climbs up to the top of the cliff face, and you're like, "Oh, geez, I have zero athletics because I have a strength of ten, and I didn't put a you know point into it." Now what? It's like at mm. least you've got a better shot. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, true because otherwise it's just like oh no i'm sad now i'm sad now and now i'm dead um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh from our discord rose the lesbian asks what faction would your mummy's mask and tyrant's grasp characters be Mm. oh that's a that's a tough one i mean so I just have a Tyrant's Grasp character. So, I mean, Rosamund is actually fairly easy. She'd just be in the Radiant Oath. I mean, there'd mm. be no question. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I have three characters. Uh, so, Jordan, why don't you go next? We'll do one, two, three. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, uh. Octavius is not the really cooperative or scholarly type. Um, not really super into nature or any of that. I think I'd put him in Vigilant Seal. Yeah. Um, Sounds like him. He doesn't like undead. You know, that seems like a thing, right? She's like, man, this thing sucks. I'm going to destroy it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I don't care if it's a museum or not. I'm just going to wreck it. Yeah. Wreck it. Wreck it. (laughs) Yeah. Jinx, by the way. Um, Nice. Teehee. And what about Sudi? Oh, man, that's hard. Um, So, Sudi, honestly... I oh, I kind of just I think he's he's very much the cooperative kind of player or character. So I think he'd be an Envoys Alliance. Oh, because okay. yeah, because mm, he's I think that would be pretty cool. It, yeah, it'd be kind of a hard one for him because I'm like he needs something where he can just be like, hey, you know, I'm part of your squad now. I'm gonna be out in the desert if y'all need me. So. <laughs> I don't really know if he'd if he'd do well in the society. Like he's, re- you know. he's recruiting, you know, mm-hmm. moftets. Sure, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> recruiting moftets, exactly. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think Envoys Alliance because it's all about community. I like okay, it. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, Sagira's easy because there's no way she would ever be part of Pathfinder Society. <laughs> no. Except for maybe All to right. go in there and try to steal something from Pathfinder Society. Um, <laughs> oh, so, goodness, you're one of the Aspis Consortium agents. <laughs> nah, she's she's too chaotic for organized. She might be a firebrand. 
if she was mm. going to be anything. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah, but mostly she wants to do what she's doing and doesn't really care mm. about groups. Um, Hollis would probably be Horizon Hunters or Grand Archive. It's mm. She's all about uh. seeing new places and forging new trails, which is Horizon Hunters, but also she yeah. loves libraries, which is Grand Archive. Probably mm. Grand Archive more than Horizon Hunters, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, you are far away from home in a strange land, you know. But like, mostly we're meeting in libraries. I mean, we're not killing undead. <laughs> I guess that's uh, true, yeah. <laughs> at least, at least for, for all of uh, book three. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elsa is, I don't know where Elsa would go, like, ideas-wise, but I feel like she would join Vigilant Seal because Eando Klein is pretty dreamy. <laughs> like the art for Yondo Klein in here is good he looks real cute so I think Elsa would be like that guy's cute I'm gonna join that one I actually did want to mention that it's like Yondo Klein got one heck of a glow up for uh, this oh book, definitely so. yeah the I man mean, looks yeah. nice yeah not that he looked bad before but like he looked kind of doofy could, before you could sincerely apply dreamy to him yeah, now dreamy. and like it makes sense you know so Elsa's mm-hmm. gonna join the, the faction with the dreamy guy <laughs> that sounds I like mean, her, all yeah. right yeah goodness um, um i thought it was kind of weird that they included all the schools in the faction like the scrolls yeah. and the spells and the swords are all in here too i guess they're technically factions but they're also your school they're they're different it's mm. kind of your discipline i guess like what you got trained in it's kind of yeah, like, like you major. know my major in college was this you know yeah like i think of the factions again as almost more like a fraternity or something inside the pathfinder society yeah. whereas this is like yeah. oh no this is you know my background train yeah exactly like what jordan was saying that makes sense that makes sense I mean, I could be uh, yeah. wrong. That's not how it works, but that's what I think of it as. I so. mean, that makes sense to me. And I mean, they're all detailed in here. It was kind of neat to, like, learn mm. a little bit about what the schools were like. So, like, if you were part of the scrolls, is it the scrolls? Yeah. Scrolls. Or they just ask you random questions yeah, they just, like, know, test your it's, memory. It's like they're, like, messing with you, but they're actually just trying to get to know you so they can tailor your education. Like, it's cool to have that stuff because then you can be like, okay, well, I put three points in scrolls and now I can incorporate that into kind of the way I think about my character's backstory mm-hmm. and that's pretty neat yeah so and I mean that's the thing too is that you really get to know all of the various instructors as well as well as like the faction leaders yeah. which is pretty cool because they're yeah. very interesting characters overall mm-hmm. yeah it also gives you like feats that are more tailored to that to one play style mm-hmm. over another so if you're like you know oh I'm I'm gonna be a, a fighter then you can go to swords and you can find some feats that are just tailored more towards fighting than they are you know book learning if that's not really yeah. your thing well and essentially like let's say that you took the spellmaster archetype from mm-hmm. the character guide well here's some more spellmaster feats in case the yeah. one you want it even more to yeah. choose from so like it's kind of cool was- Yeah, it was an interesting choice. They don't add any new archetypes, but they expanded all of the Pathfinder-related archetypes. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot more options. It gets a little more, like, tempting to play a Pathfinder agent. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of school feats, uh, anybody have a favorite of those? Uh, I can tell you my favorite. Uh, Yeah. Oh, goodness. My favorite is from the scrolls. Uh, So scroll master feat. Um, Mm -hmm. Essentially... It's called foolproof instructions, foolproof instructions. You are so confident in how well you can explain your scrolls that you can explain what's on a scroll to an ally and then they can (laughs) cast the spell. 
Yeah. Nice. That's, that's rad. That's a good one. That is a good one. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna pick... I don't know how useful this one would be, but I just thought it was really cool. Uh, familiar form. Mm. Uh, so you need the Spellmaster dedication that for this, cool but you one. use your magic to transform into a small creature uh, of a type that's commonly a familiar. Like a cat. <laughs> so cat... Mm-hmm. bat rat you know that kind of stuff i don't know why i just made those all rhyme but um because you want so, to uh but it does allow you to safely scout for your party while retaining a degree of spell casting ability mm-hmm. um and it gives you a focus spell for that um and also gives you an extra focus po- uh point in your pool that's yeah. cool uh, but i just thought i just thought it was really funny that it gives you a little bit of a druid power yeah it's just kind of like you know oh i'm the wizard but occasionally i turn into a hawk i'm really <laughs> into my familiars now I'm a raven, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, again, I tend to be ever the practical soul. Um, I just really like quick stow, just because quick I love stow. it. Oh, nice. <laughs> I just love anything that allows me to avoid oops moments of like, all right, well, now I need to draw my bow, and I left it back there when I switched oh, to Citra my needs feet. sword. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. It that is a, a underutilized ability to just not have to have three of everything because it's just like, well, mm-hmm. I toss this on the ground and get something else. Up, oh, I got to toss this on the ground and get something else. <laughs> yeah. True. I'm just um, slowly disarming yeah. myself over the battle. Oh no! You get a hireling, exactly. and the hireling picks up your weapons and brings them to you. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's the golf caddy hireling. Yes, you just have sir. Yeah. Sir, your broadsword, the number two broadsword. You have a squire. <laughs> <laughs> gracious I love uh, and it. then i guess this chapter kind of ends with the decemberate and others of note mm. so it's got you know lots of familiar faces lots of venture captains the decemberate mm. the art shows all the decemberate masks they're so yeah, cool that's rad yeah so which rad. i've never actually seen before they might have published it somewhere but i never seen them the coolest one is the one that's just water. It's like a crown, yeah. and then it's just water. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, what was your favorite mask? Oh, that's so. my favorite mask. Mm. Water crown mask. that's water. Okay. What'd you like, Ross? I mean, I think, uh, you know, I like the one that's got like the gnarled, um, like horn slash vines coming uh. out of it. Yeah, I think that. I don't one know was how really that weird. hides your face. I don't I mean, either. Magical, but I think but... it goes. Oh, I think the face part. It looks like there's two eye holes in. Oh, the... there's two mm-hmm. eye holes there. Okay, I still don't know how that really covers your face. It, does, okay. it covers it, just the top part of your face. It it's covers magic. it. I mean, it. How does a domino mask, you know, protect Robin's identity? I exactly. Mean, you know. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Uh, I I really liked the one that uh, it's the first one on the list, but it's a peacock mask. Mm. So it's got peacock feathers on it and kind of down the back. But it also has little crying blood tears. That's (laughs) neat. So it's weirdly like kind of a Mardi Gras, like, you know, weird blood crying mask. Oh, my gosh. Mm. It's it's just a little fancy and I like a fancy thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so there's all sorts of you can you know essentially get a little paragraph about many 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 of the venture captains. Mm. A lot oh, yeah, of them. I feel, too. I feel like it's like all of them. Like it's a pretty <laughs> complete list. It's very well, and a lot of these are also like other uh, members of the society, the members of the society that have been important at one point or another. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's see here. Do, 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 like former faction heads. Um, very in Jagare. Yeah, yeah very in Jagare. If you're into, you know, your Pathfinder fiction, which Yigrig I've read maker. some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, you know, like other other characters that have uh, been in and out of uh, like uh, Valet Durant, the former leader of Radiant Oath, even though that's not a thing anymore. Like she's still a part of the society. Like she still yeah. does stuff. Um, hmm. So, you know, I thought that was a cool little nod there. Cool. Yeah. Yep. And we get pictures of we got art of Erwall. Oh, yeah. So, Erwall's yeah. great. Everybody, everybody's favorite. Um, and then <laughs> fun. we get to the lodges. Mm-hmm. There are 11 that kind of get big spreads, and then there's a bunch that get kind of shorter mentions. Um, but the coolest thing, somebody asked, uh, do the recent changes for society games affect this book at all? And the answer is yes. But also... The Exalted Lodge is in here. So if you've played mm. uh, Lodge of the Living God, which is one of the first season scenarios in second edition, I'm halfway through playing it right now. The uh, the lodge that you make as part of that scenario is in here. Yeah. And the NPC that you like talk to is the venture captain. And it's very cool because it feels like, oh, I did that. And then it's in here already. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah so even if, uh, even though this is coming out in what season are we in two mm-hmm. three no we're season, season two just now. started or is yeah. it season two okay it's season three for starfinder season two for oh Pathfinder that's right two. that's right yeah mm-hmm. yeah but i like that they kind of already took some of the stuff from season one and said by the way you did have an impact look at mm-hmm. this book so that Absolutely. was really i think that's a really cool touch because that's the best part about pathfinder society is the feel that like you do change the world Mm-hmm. Um, even in in t- tiny ways like putting a lodge together or something, you can still see the impact. I think that's really yeah. cool. And just because it's related to that same lodge, the Rasmiri Wayfinder, a oh it looks like Rasmir mask on the front. Okay, first off, we need to tell y'all there are different kinds of wayfinders. So many wayfinders. So many wayfinders. Yeah. Like they're specific for certain things. They give you new abilities. They're super cool. Okay, mm-hmm. this one is hilarious because it will give you a bonus to deception checks, but it also is specifically designed to make it easier for you to impersonate a divine spellcaster. You can use <laughs> it to like give people more hit points or temporary to hit points. Might I point temporary out. hit points for one hour, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you can help treat diseases and stuff with it uh, for one day. So. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's just hilarious. It's just like, oh, you feel better until tomorrow. And yeah. then you just say that part really quiet. Oh, you, must have, you don't <laughs> yeah. say that part at all because you're Resmirin yeah. and you're just trying Some to... Some exclusions apply. Please see the details. <laughs> <laughs> There's an asterisk. Yeah. It's yeah. an implied Consult asterisk. your cleric. If, if this were an actual cleric, you would have been... Oh, coming. man. Uh, <laughs> um, um, yeah, so essentially all of the lodges have cool little items... There's tons mm-hmm. of them. There's information about the the important people, the venture captain, kind of their operations mm-hmm. and what they're up to. Yeah, it goes into detail yeah. about like a lot of the day to day operations, additional personnel that are important to each specific lodge, and, and you know, obviously the venture captain, the history tends to of be the, the lodge. Most yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and they've got art of all of the like lodge buildings themselves, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which honestly for the Grand Lodge, like it's one building out of the whole complex. But <laughs> yeah. You know, because that place is huge. True. Yeah. Uh, but I, okay, here, here's the here's the question I have for you. Let's say that you get sucked into the Pathfinder world and you become a Pathfinder. Where would you want to live? What lodge would you want to live out of? Oh, like real life me? 
Yeah, like real life you. Oh, Somebody geez. asked that question, so let me... Oh, did they? Oh. Uh-huh, hey. they haven't gotten there yet. Well, I'm jumping sh- I'm jumping ahead. Huh. Well, I guess technically it's if you played in a Pathfinder Society campaign. Okay, so... Yeah, that's a different hmm. question. Yeah. Hmm. Me, personally, living in a lodge. Interesting. Grinning pixie. I mean, that would be a lot ship. of fun. You want to be on the ship? I like boats. <laughs> Very nice. Whee. Okay. I can dig it. Um, I think me personally, I'm a big city slicker. I've grown up in cities my whole life. Mm. I'd probably end up in the Grand Lodge just because I'd be more comfortable there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Absalom, the city at the center of, well, the inner sea at any rate. But yeah. 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 Um... Jeez, it's really a tough choice. There's so many good ones. They're uh, all good. Like, there's no bad option on this. Yeah, they're list. all very cool. We have tons yeah. of questions where we get to pick different lodges for different things. So, I mean, oh, I think nice. ultimately I'd probably go for Ice Fairy right now, just because it's still it's so hot. <laughs> it's still hot here in Texas, so I just want to go to somewhere where it's really cold. Fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I was I was definitely like I'm staying away from there. I hate being cold. So I'm not going gotcha. Ice Fairy. My That's least favorite fair. one. <laughs> so each of the lodges comes with an item, and the one that Hydemark mm. Manor has is so neat. It's mm. it reminds me of the uh the oh. cloak, but it's uh every need pack. Like robe of useful items or whatever it's called. And it's essentially yeah. a pack that contains uh, common mundane gear, each item worth no more than one gold piece. So essentially you can just find it in here, and that is pretty mm. cool. Uh, I like the fact that it's basically like you can find any of these items that you need, uh, but once you've gotten the eight gold worth of stuff, it's suddenly empty. Yes. So you have to keep track of how much gold you pulled out of the sack. There's a greater one that's more expensive that can do gear up to five gold each, which is cool. Yeah. Which is pretty intense. You can get like daggers with that, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, it's always nice to just be able to go, oh, right, uh, I f- don't have replacement picks for my thieves tool. Oh, wait, yes, I do. Oh, wait. Tell me, look at my bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. pittance. Oh, I knew I packed those somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So, from Good Couch, uh, the question is, what is everyone's favorite venture captain? <laughs> or who? Who is everyone's favorite venture captain? Uh, well... Um, yeah, no, my favorite uh, so far is Biersig Torsen. Um, he is the mm, adventure captain yep. of the Ice Fairy Lodge. Uh, I mean, it's a bit shameless because you, if you have listened to some of our Pathfinder Society intro uh, audio we did a while back, um, I actually voiced him. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, That's he's cool. a really cool guy. Like, he's this, you know, like he's a warrior, but primarily he's a scholar. He's got a dog who's awesome. I love mm-hmm. I love his dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually deaf and speaks primarily like he can speak just fine, but he also does a lot of like sign language and stuff like that, which is really cool. He like developed the Pathfinder sign language into like a full on like sign language, um, which is just which. Neat. By the way, we didn't mention it back a, a couple of chapters ago, but uh, they canonicized the fact that uh, Pathfinders have a hand cant. So there are hand signals and things that you can do either one-handed or two-handed, um, depending on your complexity, and that all Pathfinders get training in at least some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you can actually become fluent in it if you want to be able to say like complex sentences and things like that. Like our good friend was... Biersig. Yeah. 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 So that's really cool. 
Mine is Erwall because it's mm. Erwall. Um, <laughs> yeah, Erwall. Erwall. Let me just read you. Actually, no. Erwall is amazing because Erwall isn't even really a Pathfinder. He just showed up and started fixing their records, and they didn't know what to do with him, and so he kind of just <laughs> became. He just gets a field commission, but he didn't accept it. They made him a venture captain. He didn't really accept that either. He's just <laughs> around. Like ah, he's the best. I love. He has. He, he leads the the Verdant Wheel which is also amazing. And uh, the Blooming Catastrophe, which is the only adventure I think that he's been Venture Captain for so far, is very cool. Nice. Yeah, uh, so on the society intros, like Ross was mentioning, I, vo- I voiced Erwall, and I always like when it's just like weird, kind of like, he's got kind of like a, a hippie vibe, but he just knows things. Like he's mm-hmm. one of those guys who just is really deep. So I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. But I always like the weird people. Just like in Starfinder, my favorite venture captain is uh, Zigvigix. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Ziggy. Yeah. His love of music. So uh, I, I like Erwall, too. I think Erwall is my favorite. All right. And then from Hopkins, what is your favorite Pathfinder Lodge and why is it the Grinning Pixie? It is the Grinning Pixie. <laughs> Speaking uh, of the Grinning Pixie. <laughs> well, no, my favorite's not the Grinning Pixie. Ross, what's your favorite? So I was torn on this because, like I said, a lot of them are really cool. Mm-hmm. I ultimately settled on Hyde March Manor um, just because, A, I like Verisha, B, I like Magnamar specifically within Verisha. And I think uh, it's just it's a very just nice and pleasant one mm-hmm. compared to a lot of the others that are tend to be in more like inhospitable areas or just the really you know busy um I guess just constant uh, motion that is the Grand Lodge. Uh, so I don't know. It was just like Hyde March Manor seemed like the kind of place you could like go find a big stuffed chair, sit down, and just you know write some stuff or read True. history books or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it is a hard pick. Um, I like all the lodges. Um, it's a really minor detail, but I, I'm going to pick the Farseer lo- Tower mm. uh, in Katapesh. Um, I think it's... I, first off, Katapesh just has like a thing deep in my heart that I love um, because mm. of playing Legacy of Fire as my first adventure path. But yeah. I I appreciate the fact that they're in a country that allows slavery and it lists their enemies as slavers. Mm. <laughs> and also their assets and services includes mental health counseling. Hmm. Which I was just like, that's so nice. That is nice. So, you know, it's like a public service that they offer. So I I, I like the Farseer Tower. Also, it's just a really cool, like, spiral-built tower. It's a TARDIS building. So, it's it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, and it's bigger yeah. on the inside than it is on the outside. So I just, I love the, I think the aesthetic of it looks really cool. It does some great services for the community kind of stuff. Hmm. So I, I think that's going to be my favorite. Uh, my favorite yeah. comes out of the Lodge Roundup and only gets about a paragraph. But it's the... Uh, the Vodavani Lodge, that's in Ustalov. Um, it's just, mm. it's in, it's in Kalifas. It's also known as the Haven Guard Asylum, because uh, it's also, mm. of course, a place that treats mental illnesses. Um, yeah. And it's kind of where the lodge that used to be in Vigil ended up. Like, Evni Zongnas used to be the venture captain, I think, in Vigil, and then she's, or not Vigil, but somewhere in Last Wall. And then she is now the venture captain here, and the doctor that used to be the venture captain kind of went back to just being a doctor. Um, mm. So I think it's it's just cool. I mean, Usala is always fun. I wouldn't want to live there, yeah. but it's very cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I guess that brings us to the options, right? Pathfinder Society options. Mm-hmm. This is all the stuff and services and instructors, all that kind of thing. This is also the last chapter. Of, yeah, it's the last section of the book, but yeah, it's got some cool stuff in there. Very cool. I mean, for one, the familiar satchel is back, y'all. So now you can get a familiar oh, satchel man. to put your chickens in. They do have a whole bunch of new, like new mundane gear, or just updated mundane gear for second edition. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, the aforementioned satchel, um, which I think is good. A lot of folks, I'm sure, were missing that. Um, See, so here personally, I just am a big fan of the depth gauge from a perspective of I really should have thought of doing that beforehand, <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't. And nice. yeah, I just it's like. It's a string that's been painted at certain places. Like it's really not <laughs> super like high tech, but it's like uh, uh, helpful. Yeah. Instead of throwing uh, a penny and guessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, how long does it take for it to go? Uh, <laughs> True. You got anything? Yeah. I mean, there, there is a lot of cool stuff. I am always a fan of the grappling arrow and grappling bolt. Oh, yeah. Um, there's just something satisfying about the idea of, like, you shoot an arrow and then you climb up this rope. Like, it just feels very cool to me. There's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's that Batman vibe. I think that I just, like, really like grappling hooks have always seemed cool to me. So. True. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, like, so the other part of gear is, like, services, but... It's mm-hmm. interesting that one of the services that Pathfinder Society kind of allows you to use is a fixer. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay, they they do quantify it's not fixer in the mob mentality know, like, of like a take fixer. care of problem, <laughs> but they did call it a fixer, which is like you're the local guide to fixer. help people like solving their problems, like mm-hmm. fixing problems with bureaucracy, maybe or something like that. But like the terminology, I immediately was like, wait, they do like mob. They're cleanup? trying to clean up their act. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. they just need to clean up their terminology first. True. (laughs) And then, of course, you can hire a researcher, and there's some cool magic items. Mm Mm-hmm. Spectacles of Understanding are back, too. Those have been updated for second edition. Oh, yeah. Which Mm -hmm. I love them in first edition, so I'm glad to see them again. Um, Very helpful just to be like, oh, I wish I could read this. Oh, I can. Bing. Oh, wait. Yeah. (laughs) Magical. I have glasses. Anyway. Glasses. Uh, Awesome. Everyone should have glasses. I guess. Uh, and then you say that with two out of three of us wearing glasses. The other thing that's really cool is this idea of instructors. So there's this whole section mm-hmm. that has oh, things man, that yeah. you can learn because the society has all these great contacts. There's um, essentially there's different monk styles. There's different mm-hmm. uh, essentially larceny, perilous larceny is in here. There's different training (laughs) feats that you can pick up that uh you get access to because you're part of the society so that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. and they're they're kind of exotic like they they kind of the way that they've kind of define them and some of them actually have a lot of like prerequisites is it's like if you went to a special seminar to get Mm -hmm. training on this specific thing Mm -hmm. the monk fighting style though that they have the uh, reign of embers style is based (laughs) on a phoenix and it gives Mm -hmm. you fire damage and fire resistance and I was like that's so rad oh there's something called explosive death drop yes you literally (laughs) lift them up body slam them down and make an explosion of fire 
that's pretty fun. You basically super are rad. a yeah, firebender at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where's the lightning? Yeah, it's super rad. Yeah. Well, it, it, I love the, the description that they do of this because obviously this is not a real fighting style, but it says mm. you enter the stance of an enraged phoenix Wait, holding not? your fingers yeah, as sorry. rigid as deadly talons while moving with quick flicking, flickering gestures that dance with biting flames. So you're just kind of like flickering like, yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's pretty so awesome. I just think it's really cool. So. Uh, I'm sad I can't go learn it in real life. I know. I know, right? Why can't so I do this with my hands? Uh, but yeah, so that's that's really cool. Stella Fane is in here mm. as someone who is going to teach you some cool stuff. She's also featured in a scenario when you kind of get her to join or help out the society by signing some... Co- er, mm-hmm. It's not a scenario. It's uh, the short ones. Quest? Little ones. Quest. Quest, yeah. 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 The ones before bounties, because bounties are now the short ones. I like yeah. the yeah. I like quests better than bounties. Anyway, not that mm. conversation. Uh, and then you got like <laughs> the secrets of Pathfinder Society, which is a bunch mm-hmm. of wayfinders mostly. Yeah, There's so many wayfinders. <laughs> there are a lot of different uh, wayfinders. So one thing I will mention for Pathfinder Society players, um, it doesn't specifically like in this book mention how you like get access to that as a character in the society. But I'm sure with like their new achievement point system, they'll probably start including those options once that's up and running. To be like, yeah. hey, I can buy this specific wayfinder or whatever. I think yeah. that also Aeon Stones are back. It's yeah. not listed as rare. Yeah. Or uncommon. No, they're uncommon. No, it's not. It's no, they not are listed uncommon. as uncommon. Well, I mean, I just meant like they might open it up for like having uh, the ability to purchase it with, uh, you know, achievement points or however it is. True, but you may not even need to do that because if it's not, if it doesn't say that it's uncommon, then you can technically take it. Considering it it would be really, really uncool of them not to sanction everything in the Pathfinder Society Guide. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I mean, again, I don't obviously I don't work for oh, Paizo, sure. but I would be I would bet it would all be Paizo. We're looking uh, at you. You better sanction all of this <laughs> out of the box. Because <laughs> if you um, don't, Jarek yeah. is going to come find you. He's my Pathfinder bard. Anyway, yes, we'll send uh, all the Pathfinder characters we've created after you. Yes. Okay. Moment of truth. Mm. Favorite new uncommon wayfinder. Hummingbird wayfinder. Uncommon wayfinder. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I picked too. <laughs> it flies. You can like you cause it to transform into a tiny bee hummingbird that's this big, and then it can like. Mm-hmm. She, she's around. saying two inches, by two the way, inches. for the those who are listening to this on our adventure feed. And it essentially <laughs> is like a prying eye, so you can take your wayfinder, make it a little prying eye sensor, and send it to spy for you. Hmm. Yep, I like that one. I also like the elemental wayfinder. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, basically, it, each of the each of them are tuned to a specific element, and it gives you the ability to cast that spell. Yeah. Um, so, like the the air one, for instance, you can cast a fourth level lightning bolt. Wow. Um, additionally, you can cast featherfall as a primal innate spell once every ten minutes. Yeah. So it's like you know you don't need a ring of featherfall if you have this wayfinder. You know you can also cast lightning bolts with it for you know every now and then. I mean the. Uh fashionable wayfinder just sounds like something that could be super useful in certain scenarios it's just like basically it just allows you to uh immediately call clothing onto yourself Mm. so you can put like clothing in your possession uh you can attune it to the wayfinder 
and then you use the ability and it basically switches out your current clothing for one of the suit you know one of the outfits you chose Gives you like so quick you can change. just be like oh by the way exactly <laughs> like oh yeah now i'm in my nobles outfit now that's so, cool hey. <laughs> yep oh and I, we were talking about the dwemer cat before the Dwemer Cat Cub, mm-hmm. um, specifically, but oh, we haven't even got. Yeah, we there are new familiar that. options, including a very cute mm. purple and pink cat, an Aeon Word, amazing. and a calligraphy worm, which is also very cute. Mm-hmm. And let us also not forget, Poppets are back, y'all. Poppets. Yep. I love Poppets. You can absolutely have a poppet. Also, calligraphy worms are funny. They get a little ability called ink spray where they splatter ink in a 10-foot cone. Uh, and essentially they just And it works as dust. a, uh, what do they say? It's Yeah, it's a glitter dust mm-hmm. effect because it's literally just blasted. I also uh, like the fact that it mentions that the calligraphy worm uh, basically gets to treat, like use its innate ink in its claws so it can mm. use it as a, as a oh, yeah. uh, the nib of a... Uh, quill so, you don't have to buy so it doesn't need to like yeah you don't have to buy ink if you use if it's writing cute <laughs> so cute it's super cute there are no stats for any of these things no, they're, so, they're uh, familiar so this is how well, familiars yeah. work oh now. that's right they have familiars yeah yeah okay um but yeah that'd be neat to have like a stenographer or one of those like, jeffrey take yeah, notes unless you're cry- you're cry- yeah, yeah your chronicler is uh jeffrey the calligraphy worm <laughs> so cute <laughs> worm. it's awesome i i love it honestly yeah uh, yeah, but I mean, other than that, um, I mean, there's a few additional options, like a rune, a couple of additional items, but um, it's, you know, it's mostly just really cool stuff that would be very useful for Pathfinder characters to have um, mm-hmm. in a variety of different scenarios. True. So now I guess we'll just, let's answer some questions. So these are the ones that either yeah. didn't fit neatly into one of the chapters or uh, were from the chat going just now. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we we talked about favorite new items and feats. Um, what is everybody's favorite new faction? Mm-hmm. You mean just in in second edition? Yeah, the ones that are in second edition. Mm. Verdant wheel. Dang it, verdant wheel. <laughs> yeah, team Erwall forever. Team Druid so, forever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of the Vigilant Seal. I think it adds a lot mm-hmm. to the ongoing Pathfinder Society like meta plot. Mm. Um, I have just liked Eondo Klein. I think he's cool, and I'm glad to see him back um, and improved, and also doing all his new stuff. Um, and as dreamy as ever. No. Uh, he's dreamy. <laughs> yeah, see, see previous mm-hmm. comments on his glow up. Yeah, dreamier than ever, really. But um, it's the beard, man true yeah he's got that he has a beard and like the wavy hair and like he's just dressed nicely yeah Yeah. i'm not gonna lie i kind of want to cosplay as him he's pretty cool anyway do it you should do it (laughs) we'll see we'll see maybe someday you know public first we have to be in person i guess before we can do that (laughs) true i'm just gonna cosplay on the you know chat here anyway um so people do that but yeah i mean that is true but yeah, Vigilant Seal, I think, is the most interesting one. I mean, personally, I'd probably join the Radiant Oath, but I just really like the Vigilant mm. Seal's whole deal. So mm. uh, The next question comes from Caps on the Discord. Uh, what surprised you or uh, were at least new to you uh, in the book? Mm. Uh, all of it? Yeah, I, I didn't know a lot about the society <laughs> before. Like, you can see me trash-talking society in previous, like, early Mummy's Mask episodes because I just thought it was di- silly. But... 
They really did a good job of making it very cool and interesting in this book. So I guess that was surprising, except it wasn't that surprising because I've been playing second edition society. Whatever. Yeah, it actually makes me want to play second edition society. I don't know where I'm going to find time to actually do that. It it was, yeah, it was, I think it's the fact that you can see how much has changed in the last Mm. 10 years with the society. And I like the the fact that it has so much flavor to make a society character unique mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus just a society character is like an adventure path character except blah 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 you know yeah so i i like that a lot um i gotta say i mean some of the meta plot stuff from first edition pathfinder society i had to catch up on just because mm-hmm. i hadn't played it in a while um i mean there were seven seasons after the last time i played in the pathfinder society Fair. so you know yeah uh, and then you know i was just like wait one of the december revealed themselves what and you know it's like oh yeah that happened a while ago where were you but all right, <laughs> that was news to me. So. Looking at the comments, uh, Denev, who is <laughs> the moderator on our Discord, um, mm-hmm. said, "You trash society." I was pretty anti-society <laughs> in first edition. I thought they were very silly. Okay, there's an explanation mm. for that. We had only ever played season zero society stuff. Oh, so season zero which, was season yeah. zero is not the best of society. Like Outside it of, was a growth. Kind we of thing. did play a later season at PaizoCon, but the people we played with were classic murder hobos. Mm. Totally, and yeah, so I was totally. just like, ugh. Yeah. Plus, you it build your characters you different. A- you didn't. I did, I was used to playing with Adventure Path like twenty five point by, but I had to do twenty for society, and like I didn't have access to as much stuff. Like. So like mm. there were reasons. It's definitely one of those things where like we had we had a couple of bad experiences with it. I think starting out that kind of colored the way that we looked at society, and you know some we just never gave it a second chance because we just figured nothing really changed. But, but obviously, I obviously love society now. Did. I run society games on our Discord <laughs> and play in like thirty thousand mm-hmm. of them. So I, I was gonna say I, like literally we're sitting watching a show and Jess is sitting on her phone or her computer. She is typing up Discord responses of like play by post uh, society I'm games. I'm fighting so a. She plays all the time. I threw a bunch of javelins blindly at a mushroom recently, and it was wild. Huh. It was not fun because <laughs> being like darkness and not having dark vision sucks. Um, yeah, it does. Also, half orcs don't have dark vision anymore, and I'm mad about it. Okay, end of rant. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> well, a feat now. I know, but it, I didn't technically, say it. but yeah, well, that's on you. I forgot. Uh, okay, so let's uh-huh. get back to the actual questions. Um, mm-hmm. If Oh, also, last thing on that is also from Denev. The Reign of Embers monk style is from a quest in season one. Oh, uh, really? So they actually incorporated oh, that into so this cool. book, so you have access to it, which is okay. cool. I, oh, that's yeah. really cool. Okay, that's even cooler that they're introducing things in these adventures, and then they become something you can just learn how to do. Like, that's yeah. really, really mm-hmm. cool. Like, that's super compelling. All right. Absolutely. Good King Hadrian. Uh, he asks, if you played in a Pathfinder Society campaign, what lodge would you want to make your home base? And what faction would you join if you were a Pathfinder? Mm. I think we may have... Like us personally have, or us, our PCs? answered that second question. Or did... No, that was yeah, lodge. I'm... No, we haven't actually answered that question. 
Anyway, okay. if you were playing in Pathfinder Society, what what lodge would you make your home base for your character? And then what faction would you personally join if you were a Pathfinder? Hmm. So hmm. Uh, for me, I'd probably, again, go for the Ice Fairy Lodge. But part of that is because I really want to have like a Lenoran hmm. King's Adventure Path at some point. Hmm. And if it combined with Pathfinder Society, I would be absolutely fine That'd with cool. that. I'd be like, okay, cool. Um, as far as what faction I would join, I'd probably ultimately go Radiant Oath, but I would probably consider Vigilant Seal for a while. Mm. So you could yeah. do both technically. I mean, you can build reputation. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's nothing that stops you from doing both, but you'd still have to probably pick a primary. And True. so I guess first it would be Radiant Oath, and then mm. you'd go. Yeah, from there. where where do you stay when you go to the Grand Lodge? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, that that's a tough one. For I me. pulled a Rachel um, and picked like three. <laughs> Uh, yeah, four. I, I, I I'm four. gonna pick the. I've already forgotten the name of it, but the uh, the lodge that's in next. Oh, the Nexus House. Um, the mm. Nexus House. There's an house, adventure. There's a scenario <laughs> um, that starts there. I think it's the first second edition scenario. Oh, mm-hmm. hey. Um, not because I particularly like next. Um, although next, I think would probably be a pretty cool place. Uh, I've always wanted a mana waste adventure path, mm. so it puts me close to the mana waste, so I could yeah. like you know do some trekking into there and then have my home base in next. That would be cool. Or it's a little yeah. you know less magical storms. <laughs> All right, I have too many because <laughs> uh, I couldn't decide. I the Lantern Lodge is so cool um, because which Lantern Lodge though. Uh, all of them. I'll make it extra The Lantern hard for, Lodge gets to count as one lodge, okay? I mean, kind of, probably. Uh, kind of. I mean, let's be fair. but Kind of. But that one's really neat. Uh, the first second edition scenario I ever ran as a GM was out of the Lantern Lodge. Um, mm-hmm. Farseer Tower is cool because I also have vision issues and having extra magic glasses around would be really rad. The Grinning Pixie <laughs> because boat, we've already talked about that. Um, boat, ocean. Um, and I would, I mean, 100% join Verdant Wheel. Like, no questions. Yeah. Pretty one track that way. Did you say your faction, <laughs> yeah, Jenkins? I'd... No, I didn't. That's why I was just realizing I didn't answer that question. Um, I would probably go Vigilant Seal. Um, mm. I've never been somebody who's especially good at, like, specializing and just doing one thing. You're so. just going to beat people back in, <laughs> protect others? That's your, that's well, your game? Well, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for that. Okay. I'd all be right. down for that. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to beat them back with magic because Lord knows I'm not going to be fighting them with, you know, sword and board. <laughs> I mean, wards <laughs> are a thing. Yeah, you can use the stiletto pen. Yeah. Hey, yeah. there you go. My, my favorite <laughs> weapon, stiletto pen. <laughs> uh, okay, Trilink asks, did you find any lore that you immediately wanted to integrate into your PFS character's backstory? Uh, yeah, so much. Um... Jeez. Um, Step one, make a PFS yeah. sto- uh, character for Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I need to have a PFS character, but I think that if you're if you're somebody who plays society and especially plays it regularly, this book's a must have. Yeah. There's so much good information to really like it. It's turning your role play of a Pathfinder up to 11. Like yeah. this is the the new de facto guide. And so I would have to have like I now that I have this like I would make a totally different Pathfinder Society character than how I did before this came mm. out. Mm. I'd, I'd be a lot bookish, more bookish if I made a like a fighter because I'd still have to be bookish. Mm. <laughs> how about you, Ross? Yeah. 
Um, so I think I like the, I just like a lot of the additional information on the lodges, which I'm sure like a lot of them have been covered in various scenarios and adventures and all that, but it's nice to have it all in one place because it helps me decide like, why did my character want to become a Pathfinder? And chances are their first introduction to the society was either one of the Pathfinder Chronicles mm-hmm. or there's a lodge somewhere near where they live. True. And mm. having more information about the various lodges and like what they do would help color like my character's, I guess, expectation of what the society's about because they do operate mm. independently and you know differently from one another so hmm. i think that's some really cool information to have True. uh the next few questions come from uh jim uh first of all hmm. what would be your plan for the destruction or disassociation <laughs> of the pathfinder society wow <laughs> man how would you destroy you know, them uh, oh goodness i mean i just said it would be some sort of lawful evil like machinations using like the letter of the law to like f with them like mm. i don't know i feel like it the contract devil might be involved <laughs> mm. okay he, <laughs> here's my here's my plan wait for this what if you kill all nine of the non you know public december it uh. and took over them with your oh. secret society cabal thing nobody Ooh. would know because nobody knows who they are and then you could just guide the pathfinder society onto the land so of you're evil. like cultist hunting like from assassin's creed odyssey uh. a little bit right and you don't know what they're who they are and you have to like find details to unmask mm. them like it, it'd be that'd be uh, it was the one thing that with the december i've always had a problem with it's like it'd be so easy to just take one of them out and then become them well, in theory, they're supposed to be pretty strong, but again, nobody knows because I mean, nobody knows who know. they are. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a fantasy world where I can do whatever I want, Ross. Don't right, put limitations on me. <laughs> <laughs> Just hire Agent Forty Seven or something. Have him there do. you go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Ross. Uh, so, I mean, having played um, some of the really early society scenarios, it really strikes home that some of the biggest threats of the society have come from within mm-hmm. probably one of the first things i'd start with is convince like you know someone with a high profile maybe a faction leader or you know even just like a venture captain or even just somebody who's well regarded in the society mm-hmm. to like betray pathfinders on a mission i think would just cause all sorts of shenanigans as like different factions start interplaying and people start like arguing with one another and then it's just like eventually Mm. the society would just take out itself Mm. um and then you know all i have to do is just kind of nudge it um just a little bit you know but i mean that's that would be hard to pull off i think but yeah because that's kind of like the grandmaster torch shadow lodge thing on steroids Mm. yeah basically yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah i mean i mean it practically worked once so yeah why not try it again except yeah because again at this point it's like oh yeah we're better now and then all you have to do is just kind of sow a few doubts here and they're like yeah but are they (laughs) are they really yeah nice uh, which NPC in the book would you want to go on a picnic with? Erwal. <laughs> we can't just keep saying Erwal Every- over and over. I know we can't just keep Eander saying Erwal, but he's his favorite cute. man. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I can't really. Ooh, that really use buff Klein. dwarf lady. Mm. Oh yeah, who doesn't have a name? Yeah, sadly. Cool. yeah they don't buff name her, lady. but yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Sheila Hydemarsh. Okay. 
Oh, um, yeah, that's a good choice. I, she would have. I feel like she's the kind of person who would have a fancy picnic Ooh, too. Yeah. So you also <laughs> like get the good food with the good conversation. Mm. Yeah, you get good food and good conversation. Yes, you can have actual hors d'oeuvres instead of like you know pigs in a blanket nice. or something. Yeah, um, there you go. Very nice. <laughs> uh, I'm hungry. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, I'd probably go for Chris's Starsight. Um, she was a very interesting character from mm. late in the first edition world. I kind of read up some on her from the from this book and like some other sources. Mm. Um, but she used to be part of the former um, Liberty's Edge faction, okay. uh, which you know was the Andoran thing. Um, obviously, they don't really exist anymore, but I still think she's an interesting character. So it'd be fun. Hmm. Hmm. True. Um, all right. Yeah. Which NPC do you like, but think they'd be way cooler as a shoe? <laughs> What's a shoe? Dog person. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, so, everybody's better as a dog person. Tarbifon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's in the society. Uh, but then he though. has to be a skeletal dog, and it's all it's, sad. That's hilarious. Mm. I mean, it, it would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh man. So I went with uh, Marcos Farabellus just because, like, he feel. I don't know. He has this sort of like just boisterous loyalty guy thing going on. So I feel mm. like it would really work well as a shuni. Mm. But yeah, nice. he's he's a fun guy too. Oh gosh, that is such a hard pick because, like I said, everybody's better as a as a dog person. Um, dog person. Okay, I'm gonna do something a little weird. Uh, Amara Lee. What? Huh. Because, she can be a okay. sheep. There you go. She <laughs> could would, be a sheep dog person, and it would be amazing. Or Nikita. I love sheeps. Mm. Or Nikita. Yeah, either one. Yeah, either one would be really cool. But uh, I love sheeps. So there mm. you go. Yeah. <laughs> They're very cute. I told you that was a weird one. Not as weird yeah. as Tarbifon. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess. Narson, because it'd be hilarious if, like, the Rasmurin priest venture captain was also a dog. <laughs> They'd have to make a special mask. <laughs> oh, he well, would need a special mask. It's sad. Um, oh. All right. All right. All right. Are there any lodges or pathfinders mentioned in 1E that you were hoping uh, or... We're happy. Uh, got covered and expanded on in Tui. I don't mm. really have anything for this. Um, I I like that Yondo Klein is mm. back. Yeah. Um, th- that's one of those like he was a big thing in first edition, and it's good to see that he made the the kind of the fight with the whispering tire, and he made it through that. Because um, mm-hmm. he's always been. It's interesting because he actually appears in Adventure Paths. Yeah, 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 he does. So, you know, seeing somebody who's been in an Adventure Path for somebody who's not in society and then getting to see them, like, again, it's like, oh, okay, cool. There's some, Mm -hmm. you know, continuity. Like, not all Pathfinders die in early death. They just get lost (laughs) in the... Darklands. Under dark. Under dark. Either, darklands, yeah, yes. you either live long enough no, to become a venture captain right. or you get lost in the darklands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep doing that. I've played too much D&D. I know. It's like anyway. under dark, darklands. Um, I don't uh, know. Yeah. It's, that's, right. I, no, that's ingrained in my brain, too, is, is under yeah. dark. So I have the same problem. Mm. Um, let's see here. I think, uh, I mean, this would be a little tricky because I'm sure that Varian Jagari is going to have more novels at some point. Mm. Um but I was still hoping to have a little bit more than like a paragraph True. on him. Um, mm, yeah. 
because I mean he he's kind of a Good big old deal. Uncle Varian. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean he's also Jagare. Yeah. They are true. Which we Where is the Jagare book? Is I just Jigare. want to book of Jagares. <laughs> the Jagare NPC path. Codex, but we it's have, just Jagares. We have a special place for the Jagare family in our hearts. We do. Okay, uh, we do. here at Find the Path. Paizo, if you ever run out of ideas, I need a Jagare genealogy yeah, book. That would be, be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness. Um, but uh, I would also, uh, he has this thing, which if you've read the the books, you probably already know about called rifle spells, which are like chat books that he like flips to cast his spells oh. um, because like incantations oh. make him like feel nauseated. Huh. Uh, it's cool. just like a weird magical quirk he has. Um, so he came up with this as a way to cast spells without actually having to say anything. Hmm. But I think it's a really oh, neat interesting. like spell system and i'd like to see a treatment of it in 2e because they've actually made rules for it in one that would be cool oh yeah. that'd be cool it feels like it's like silent spell like you're just casting everything with silent spell it is similar the rules were a little bit more complicated in first edition but yeah there's there's definitely some similarities <laughs> there yeah because i mean you could get away with it by just being like okay instead of the verbal component you sub in you know, an extra somatic component. Yeah, like you have to make two manipulate actions or something. And I don't yeah, know. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. the The next question comes from Tilted Axis. Uh, what's your favorite new archetype? There aren't really archetypes. There aren't any new archetypes. There's just a lot of cool feats. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Though they expanded all of the Pathfinder related archetypes mm -hmm. with additional feats. So if there's any Pathfinder yeah. archetype you were considering, there's new options mm -hmm. for you. Um, yep. And then Luis Loza asks, which in-world organization would you like to get similar treatment in the LO line, uh, i.e. what organization needs its own book? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's a good that's question. A that's I mean, I know Heather would say Hell Knights. <laughs> oh, definitely, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, realistically, the Hell Knights are probably one of the more important factions in Galarian, so mm -hmm. I definitely see that as, like, Probably an eventuality if they make more books on organizations. Yeah, especially um, if there's any new orders or anything that have formed recently. Like, mm. you know, I don't I'm not I'm not up on my Hell Knight lore to really know. Um, I feel like the Aspis would not be a good choice. Mm. Um, I just don't know if I would be interested enough in. Well, all it's those. harder to have player options for them, too. Yeah, exactly. So I'd like a book that's um, like I can't think of any druid organizations but you know there are some and i think it would be cool you know to have like a book of druid organizations and how you join them and like mm -hmm. their impact like uh, the group of druids that fights tree razor and that sort of thing like i feel like there's definitely some druid societies that would be neat to have a book on speaking as a person who feels like there's just not enough druid options <laughs> mm. <laughs> you're just angling for more uh, druid always, options yes. i see how it is um, okay, well, I've come up with two. Okay. Um, and I think the two I'd be most interested in seeing, um, the Eagle Knights, oh, yeah. I think, could make an interesting set of books. Mm. Um, especially, again, if like they start playing a more prominent role in the, in the meta plot. Mm. Um, and then the Red Mantis Assassins, actually, mm. I think would be really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Just because they featured so prominently in so many adventure True. paths, I think it would be neat to have, like, you know a roundup of them and what they do. Oh, the esoteric order would be cool. 
Oh, the Palantine yeah. Eye. Oh, that yes. would, yeah. Order of the Palantine Eye would be good. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like mercenaries slash free companies oh, that would, be neat. would mm. be interesting because you could have that. It could be lots of different regional ones. You could get mm. unique like fighting styles, weapons, spells. I mean, you could do it. It would give a lot of player options. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how the lore would really work out, but you could I mean, do a lot of like, like regional stuff. Like arcane schools or secret societies would be cool oh, too, yeah. but I don't think there's enough like for any one of them that would make like, like a the full Arcanemium or the Magambia kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like yeah. um, the uh, different schools, the one in Corvosa. Oh yeah, who I've forgotten. The one, it does all the conjuration um, or whatever. Yeah, it's gonna bother me now because like I've run Curse of the Crimson Throne. Arcana. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not no, the Arcana or whatever. No, that's yeah. an absolute. Yeah. Um, Academy, oh, that's yeah. it. It's the yeah, Academy. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah. I, I've always, I have a soft spot for the Academy. I mean, it's like a terrible place to learn stuff because you're always going to be killed by imps or something. But. <laughs> hey, there's pseudo dragons there, so that's pretty fun. It's true. Yeah. There are there are also pseudo dragons, and it's just, it's an interesting school like that's true. come out. Of all right, let's all grab that. some questions off of the Twitch. So we've got... There's this is a, a random few. question. Oh. Um, how do you feel about the fact that Paizo removed short stories from the back of APs? It's kind of a, a throwback question. Mm. I never read them, so I don't really have an opinion. As a GM, I didn't either. Honestly, um, it I, I understand the, the things for them, but the problem was I'm very time crunched. And so as a time crunch GM, that was the first thing I stopped reading were, the, were, were those I mean, I actually did, uh, I did enjoy them, but I think that it's not necessarily, it helped um, get somebody used to like a game world or a plot idea or whatever was central to that particular adventure path. But I don't think it necessarily needs to be part of like the AP. It could be just like, you know, collections of stories or like a Pathfinder. You know, I mean, there are Pathfinder fiction books Web too, which I think fulfill even. a lot of the same need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the blog posts, I think, also do a good job of that. So, I mean, yeah, I think they were cool, but I don't necessarily miss them a lot. I just think that, you know, like, they've moved on to other True. places. Uh, this one's from Graphs. That was from Topper Harley 70. Uh, this one's from Graph, mm-hmm. Graph and the Boys. Um, hey. Is there any reason why you take a school that is atypical for your class, like swords for a wizard or scrolls mm. for a champion? Yeah, so I think that one of the I, I, one of the best one of the best things to keep in mind when playing Pathfinder Society is that you never know what you're going to end up getting um, because it just depends on who's at your table. Mm. Um, so sometimes it's nice to be able to branch out. I think it's more useful in general for like the fighter types to have like scrolls or or even spells in some cases if you can get access to some or of potions. that. Um, or potions yeah um that help out with certain situations i mean like in the most recent scenario i was in we had three bards (laughs) a swashbuckler and uh wow (laughs) yeah three bards a swashbuckler and um a champion like that was our group (laughs) so (laughs) you knew a lot of things yeah, we did know a lot of things, but it was like we got a spell that was arcane and it's like none of us could cast it uh-huh. because we were all occult spellcasters and like two fighters. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's good to actually branch out <laughs> if you can. 
Yeah, as far as the the feats specifically for the different schools in this book, they're for the um, the archetypes of those, uh, or the sorry, the dedications for those. So like swordmaster and spellmaster. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be especially accessible unless you're willing to take that dedication to then get access to them. So probably not just based on what's in this book, but um, flexibility is never a bad thing, especially in society. True. Additional question. Mm -hmm. What do you think of a campaign featuring Pathfinders with a free feat every two to three levels for Pathfinder dedication feats? That's cool. Hmm. I'd play that. (laughs) Free feats? I'd play that. (laughs) I'd be interested. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely interested in seeing how that would work. I I don't have enough experience with the 2E system to know what the correct number of free feats would be before you start, like, you know... Unbalancing the game. Yeah, but I'd be interested to see a game where that is tried Mm -hmm. and, like, see what happens with that, so... Uh, Next question. Is there any AP or module that would be particularly cool to have an all-Pathfinder group? Mm. Skull and Shackle. No, that's not it. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was going to say... Serpent uh, Skull is what what? I meant to say. Serpent Skull. Serpent Skull is a Serpent Skull is a great one. Um, um, there is one that assumes it. Um, I think one of the adventures is the sequel to uh, yeah, Shattered, Shattered Star. Star assumes you're a Pathfinder. Yeah, Shattered Star actually literally assumes that you're a Pathfinder at the start and your base is Hyde March Manor. Like, that's not really a spoiler. That's like the beginning of mm. the first adventure. You're yeah. in Hyde March Manor. So, um, as far as like some of the newer ones that are in second edition. I don't know yeah. enough about them to really know I mean, if they'd be good for Pathfinders. Of the ones I know, like that are currently out, I mean, you know, not speculating on future ones that have sure. been released. Probably Age of Ashes. Oh is yeah, that be makes your sense. Best bet as far as second oh, yeah, edition that's ones. A good point. Yeah, because yeah. Agents of Edgewatch but, are cops, so it would make no sense to also be Pathfinder agents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Strength of Thousands, your students, which wouldn't fit with you already being Pathfinders. Yeah. Um, Same deal with uh, Extinction Curse. I mean, you're a circus. I mean, again, that's not necessarily like the biggest part, but a lot yeah. of it is still written around that. I so, think you're right, Age yeah. of Ashes. Um, yeah. of, of the ones sure, out. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. How does this book compare to the rest of the Lost Omens line? I compare it quite favorably. It's not my favorite of the Lost Omens line. Mm. I think that spot still belongs to Legends, just because I think that was such a cool like lore book. True. But, yeah, I mean, I I liked this book a lot. It's yeah. I put it on par with Legends as far as that. I think the the topic may not be super something we especially will like, just because we don't we don't play most mostly society. We play mostly adventure paths, but mm. um, I. I I'd put it on par there. I mean, it condenses a lot of lore. So if you're looking for like, you know, hey, I just got into Pathfinder in second edition. What's the society all about? Like, you don't have to go through all the first edition mm. books to try to, you know, piece it all together. You can just get it here. True. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's really great. I uh, I like any book that gives me cool character options and good lore. And so it definitely does that. Um, also points for familiars. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, if fun. you're playing Pathfinder Society, it's 100% worth checking out. Uh, if yeah. not, and you don't really care about society or you're doing your own thing, like, you know, maybe not as much, but it does. Like, you could take those lodges and change it from Pathfinder Society to some other homebrew society, secret society or whatever, yeah. and it would work just as well. 
And a lot of the mm-hmm. items are really cool for any character that's interested mm-hmm. in like adventuring in ruins or finding out information True. or preserving things. So True. like, yeah. Yeah, especially the item section is just generically useful because, like, there's a thing for a water purifier. That's helpful. You know, like, that's a good that's that's a good thing to have regardless of where you're adventuring mm-hmm. in. So, I like you know, whether you're part of the yes. Yeah, right? So, it's good to have even if you're not, you know, doing it for the society. There's still useful items mm-hmm. in that's here. That's true. Um, and I think that's all the questions I see. So, if anybody has any questions... Top the, type those in. Uh, Denev says that we need more of Jordan doing Erwal's voice. <laughs> oh, do Erwal's voice you want. It, Yoda? <laughs> like Yoda, oh, he kind of thinks. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Far away visions I have of what your adventure will be, but tell you I'm not going to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now we've started that. I love Erwal so much. I love her all so much. Nope. Yeah. Because right. <laughs> yeah, I, I also voice Ziggy on the ones. You just do the weird voices. Finder, so. I do all the weird voices because I like doing weird voices. All right. Well, um, I don't see any other questions. So I guess that that is going to be it for us here at yeah. Find the Path. Uh, hopefully this was helpful. Um, it's a pretty great book. I would say, you know, pick it up if you're interested at all in society. It comes out. A couple mm-hmm. weeks. Next, next week? week? I, <laughs> yeah, it's a like week next week. from the tomorrow, 14th, I believe. Yeah. I saw a thing that said it came out at the end of October. So, like, it's a little bit mysterious, you know? I mean, some people are getting the digital, I mean, the digital copies, I think, because some people had had said they've gotten copies. Some people said yeah. they haven't. So, it's, it's out so there. You'll get it at some point if you want it, you know? It'll be out. Check Paizo's website because they know yeah, more better than we yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good luck out there, Pathfinders specifically, because this was about Pathfinders. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Which which means I think we could actually end with a good, good luck, luck, Pathfinders. Pathfinders. <laughs> Until your next, uh, your next venture. Don't be an axe on Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't. <laughs> Just don't do that. Oh, goodness. Oh. Uh. All right. Bye-bye for all real right. this time, though. Yeah, thank you all for listening. <laughs> for listening. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.